Well, good afternoon. On behalf of Victory Baptist Church, family, friends, I want to welcome you to the celebration of life service for our brother, Caleb Glick. I want to thank the Lord uh, that our brother is with Christ, his Savior. And not because of any good thing that Caleb ever did, but simply because of the goodness of God. That there was a point in time in Caleb's life where he put his trust in Jesus alone. You and I can rest assured that he is well. And it, we today, though we sorrow, though we have grief, there will be tears, there, will, there is sadness, yet there is joy. I wanted to give a verse just to start off this afternoon in this service because today we're going to be doing a couple of things. We're going to clearly celebrate the life of our brother. If there was anybody that had a life worth celebrating, it was Caleb's. And clearly as we look around, and take a moment right now just to look around, I want you to know that we don't have enough parking on our facilities. The neighborhood hardly has enough parking for the facilities here. Not to mention the dozens, if not hundreds, that have already come through and could not stay. What is clearly seen is that Caleb was loved by many and had a reach and an impact on many, many lives. He lived a life, not just that made an impact through aviation, but through his daily life and his daily walk with the Lord. He lived a life that was full of a testimony for God. In this moment, in this moment right now, it is a testimony of just that. While today we're going to celebrate Him, we're also going to look to the Scripture for our comfort, for us to look to the same hope that He had, that confidence that Caleb had in Christ alone. I want to give you a Bible verse, and we're going to pray and continue on with the service, but Isaiah 41, verse number 10, tells us this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Aleph, family, friends, we can trust in the Lord today. And we can lose all fear, all concern, all dread, all anxiety today, knowing and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ that He simply says to us today, and what He says to you, dear family, in this moment, is He is with you. God is here today. God will be with you in the days to come, and He will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And as a matter of fact, He says He will be your God. He is not just providential, but He is personal, and He is intimate, and He knows us from the inside out, and He cares for what you care about. He cares about your concerns, your heartaches. He cares about every tear that you will shed today and in the days ahead. And He tells us this, I will strengthen you. Right now I know that this week has been a long week, has it not? For everybody. From the moment that we heard about everything, our week became very long. The days became long, and the days ahead will be long. And our bodies, our minds, our hearts, they grow tired and they grow weary, but the Lord does not. And He says, I will strengthen you. And He tells us this, I will help you. And even better than that, even gooder, He will uphold us. He holds on to each one of you today. Your family, when you feel as if you can't hold on, that's okay. You don't have to. The Lord will do it for you. Trust in that today. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank You for this day. And God, that we can celebrate the life of our brother that we all loved. Lord, He impacted our life in a multitude of ways and had an impact for Your kingdom all over this place. Everywhere He went. Lord, He truly knew what it meant to live a life 
well-lived, but even more so a life lived for your honor and for your glory. God, we want to pray today specifically for this family, for those that are hurting today. God, that you would do as you say in your scripture, that you will uphold us, that you will help us, you will strengthen us. And God, even the most simplest of things, you will be with us today. God, I pray that you would be the peace and the comfort and the strength and the help and the hope for this dear family and for every person in this place today. God, I pray that each one of us today would not look inwardly to ourselves or outwardly to others, but simply look to Christ for comfort, for strength during this time, as our dear brother had done so. God, we pray that everything that would be said and done today would not only honor Caleb, but God, even more so, it would honor the Savior which he served, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we come to you today. Lord, we're a needy people, and we pray, God, that you would meet the need of every heart in this place today, that you would be magnified, that you would touch hearts. God, that you would use this moment God, while it's a a difficult moment, a sad moment, even a dark moment, or a grieving moment, nevertheless, God, we trust that you were able to use this to see someone come to know Christ. You were able to use this to to glorify your Son, to glorify your name. God, you were able to, to draw families together. You were able to point hearts to you, and we pray that you would do all those things today through your word, through the fellowship. And God, that today that you would simply just be with us. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we give this service to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. This time I'm going to turn it over to my dear brother. Good afternoon. One of my first meetings with Caleb, he talked to me and he said, you know that um, me and your mom's been seeing each other some. We're thinking about maybe progressing our relationship a little bit. And we talked a little bit, and, and I said, well, I think that will be fine. And two or three days later, my phone rang, and he I answered the phone, and it was Caleb, and he said, me and your mom's thinking about the middle of August for the wedding. How do you feel? <laughs> and I realized from then on, and as I got to know him, that that was Caleb. Everything he went into, he went into 100%. Everything he committed to, he committed to 100%. After he married my mom, my wife and I were his children. It never mattered what you did. Caleb was interested in you. He would ask you questions because he wanted to know how many times today have I heard Caleb talk Caleb talk, Caleb talk but Caleb never stopped being a student every conversation that we would have about God and about the Bible was because Caleb wanted to know Caleb truly loved God One more story and then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Donna and I were going to a little church and and we were trying to do a community dinner. 
and we were trying to figure out how to feed people. We were trying to come up with a way to just put food out there and have people come and, and just introduce them to the church. We were talking to Caleb, and Caleb says, well, I got that smoker out there. If you all get the meat, I'll cook it. So every year from then on, that smoker rolled over there to Midway Heights Community Church, and he sat right out there and he cooked because Caleb loved people. Our Lord told us in the commandments, the first commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. And the second commandment is love thy neighbor as thyself. Numbers chapter 14 verse 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he had another servant with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Caleb loved God, and Caleb loved people. I'm kind of homesick for a country. To which I've never been before. No sad goodbye will there be spoken, and time won't
stand there my home shall be eternal beautiful land sweet beautiful land <clears throat> Caleb Amos Glick passed away in a plane crash on February 27th 2023 in Carroll County Virginia Caleb was 74 years young. Caleb was born May 9, 1948 in Pennsylvania. He was married to Isla Faye Glick of Hillsville, Virginia. Caleb was preceded in death by his first wife, Amanda Hirschberger Glick, his parents, Willis Chris and Edna King Glick, and stepmom, Ruth Thus Glick, his brother, Wesley Glick, sisters, Lena Steiner, Ethel Brocious and Esther Glick. He is survived by his brother Titus Glick. His children, Mervyn and Leanna Glick, Susan Wells, Carmen and Timmy Grove, Julie and Sam Fields, Patrick and Donna Neal. His grandchildren, Mervyn, Amy and Alvin Mast, Sarah and David Eby, Lydia, Curtis and Andrew Glick, Susan, Colin, girlfriend Zoe and Kevin Wells, Carmen, Joshua, Jeremiah and Jessica Grove and Julie, Savannah and Trevor Martin and Emma McCarthy. Great-grandchildren, Amber Joy Eby, Baby Martin arriving in May, Baby Mast arriving in August. <clears throat> Caleb was a legend. You will never meet or get to know a man like him. His love for aviation radiated out of his entire being. He had a wealth of knowledge from all of his life experiences. He could fix any engine, fly almost anything with wings or a rotor, and instill the love of flying into your soul. He did all of this with patience, kindness, and a love for life. He was a great mentor. Caleb's life was not boring, and neither was our childhood. How fortunately we are to be his children. We grew up around propellers, wings, and rotors. We had an adventurous childhood. Dad would land on the airstrip on the farm with only the lights from the three-wheeler and a Datsun pickup. He was a crop duster with a helicopter, and then he switched to fixed wings. He landed many an airplane in a field that no one else would dare land in. He had a tremendous work ethic. He only went to school through sixth grade as, a typical, as, as typical of Mennonite families at that time. He was dyslexic, but that didn't stop him from learning or pursuing his dreams. In Rustburg, Virginia, he farmed on the family farm and crop dusted. In 1984, the family moved to Waynesboro, Virginia, where he managed the airport for about 10 years. He was an airplane mechanic, refurbished antique airplanes, and taught people how to fly. He obtained his GED in 1989. In the early 90s, the family moved to Orange County, Virginia, where he managed the airport until he obtained his dream job with the FAA. He and mom moved to Alaska, a place he had always dreamed of going. He retired from the FAA in 2014. 
He continued his love for aviation at the Twin County Airport in Hillsville, Virginia, after marrying Isla Fay. It didn't matter where he went, where he lived, or what he did, he impacted everyone he met. Every airport he worked at benefited from his charisma. On February 27th, he flew to Burlington, North Carolina to pick up some, some airplane parts. On the return trip, he encountered a squall line with wind, rain, and fog. The radar track shows that he made a U-turn and then the track was lost. It appears that he was attempting to bank right to land in a field and his wings caught a tall pine tree, which caused him to crash in the woods. He was found on February 28th by pilot, by pilot friends from Twin County Airport by way of helicopter. We know without a doubt that he is with Jesus in heaven. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He loved you all, and he would want you to live for the Lord and to shine your light in the world around you. He was patient, kind, and exhibited temperance. He uplifted the downtrodden, and he always said that that could be us. Let's all live by Caleb's example. Thank you. Well, at this time, the family a brief uh, voice message and a little video of Caleb. And I think between the two of them, you're going to see the perfect representation of who he was. And so, pay attention. No, there was nobody like Caleb. There was only one. He was one of a kind. I only got to know him this past year and a half, but I can tell you this, I'm going to miss seeing him and being able to talk to him. I'm going to miss seeing him sit right about there, smiling, taking it all in, thinking, always learning, always growing, always wanting to go deeper with the Lord. Gonna miss our conversations that we got to have. Conversations with Caleb, as you know, it was one of two things normally. It was either one of him giving you some sort of wisdom that you've never thought of before, teaching you something that you never thought you'd ever have to learn, or even thought you'd even want to learn. But he could teach you something. The other things that Caleb was gonna have come out of his mouth normally was some sort of wise crack, joke, 
One of my favorite things that I'm going to miss, someone else at the church is going to have to pick this up, I think, but he would find me and I'd be standing there as I do, as a preacher does, and we're fidgety folks, so to keep me from fidgeting, I'd stick my hands in my pockets, just standing here, minding my own good business. Perfect time for Caleb to come right in, right? And uh, every time he'd see me with my hands in my pockets, he'd go, well, you know, he's a good preacher right there. You know how I know? And somebody who hadn't heard it before would go, well, how do you know, Caleb? Well, he's got his hands in his pockets and not in mine. (laughs) It never failed. So to this day, I'm going to keep my hands in my pockets and find you a preacher who would do the same, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. There's one other thing that I loved about Caleb. He loved the Lord immensely. He loved preaching. Not that he didn't like teaching the Bible. He loved preaching. And there is a a difference. We talked often about the great need of people who need to hear the Gospel and and need to be saved. People who have never heard. People who have heard a million times but yet have rejected over and over and over again Caleb had a heart for the Gospel because he had a heart for the Lord. He desired to live as Christ had commanded us and called us and equipped us to do so. And even just a couple weeks ago, there were several of the church was kind enough. They threw a little surprise party and some people said some very kind things. And I don't know who paid them to say that, but that was very nice of them to do that too. But Caleb stood up and he talked so much about how much he loved preaching the Bible as it is. Today, that's my job. When we come to a celebration of life service, a funeral service, memorial service, however you want to shake that thing, what we've got to understand is that this service is no longer for the one who has gone on. To be absent the body is to be present with the Lord. Caleb has met his Savior whom he served faithfully. Today is just as much for you all. Because one day, you too will meet your God. Are you prepared? Today, if Caleb would tell you anything, if he could tell you anything... One, it'd probably be a joke. One, it'd probably tell me to keep my hands in my pockets. But he would tell you today to prepare to meet your God. Are you prepared for eternity? Thank God that our brother was. Not because of any goodness he had in him, but because he had trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Christ for the remission of sins. Today, that is your only hope of not only seeing Caleb once more, and being reunited with Him and everyone else who has ever trusted in Christ to go on and and to be with the Lord. But ultimately, that is your only hope of not going to hell. As sure as heaven is real, so is hell. And they will both go on forever and forever, and there will be no switching places. There will be no second chances. What you do with Christ today determines your eternity. And today, I can tell you this according to the Bible, and this is what we're going to look at today. Christ His atoning sacrifice, redemption through His blood is freely offered by His grace and the only way that you may receive it is not by good works. It is not by being a good person. It is not by church membership. It is not by trying to even live a good life like Caleb lived. It is to repent of your sins, to turn from your wicked ways, and to put your trust in Jesus alone for salvation. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And without Him, there will be no salvation. No man will come unto the Father except through Him. The Bible tells us this in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This furthermore is seen in the Scripture that tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. 
you have a couple things that you can rest assured of. You're going to pay taxes and you're going to die. You will, you will not miss that appointment. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. What we know according to Romans 5.12 is this, and this is why this is so important. By one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. You've got to know that all will die and all will die because all have sinned. But we find this in one man. His name was Adam. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Things were good. Things were great, as a matter of fact. God took the dust of the ground of which He had spoken into existence. He scooped it up. He formed and fashioned man and He breathed into man and made him a living soul. He walked with man in the garden. He had fellowship with man as we were designed to live and walk with our Lord. However, He gave man one rule. Do not eat of this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam said, okay, I got you. And then he had a wife. And him and his wife partook. And in Adam, because Adam partook, you and I have partook. And we have fallen. Because of Adam's fall, we are born with a sinful nature, a sin-cursed world. This is why death exists. This is why pain exists. This is why sickness exists. This is why sorrow exists. This is why the toil and the thorns of labor and the sweat of the brow exist. What we find is that through the fall, everything that was meant to be good has now been made uh, sinful. It has taken us from the presence of God. And you and I need to get back to the presence of God. But how can we do so? Well, what we found is that in the Garden of God, there in the Garden of Eden, as soon as mankind fell, they both realized their nakedness. They were naked before one another, Adam and Eve. Adam and his wife Eve. They realized they were naked before one another. And then now they also realize that they are naked before God. So the first thing that they do is instead of running to God, the only one that could, could save them, the only one that could forgive them, the only one that could cleanse them, they instead ran to their own works, the works of their own hands. They ran to created things. They ran and hid behind a tree and they covered themselves with fig leaves to make themselves aprons to cover themselves up. However, they were still naked before God. God saw their hearts. He saw that they had sinned before Him. They, they were now laid open and laid bare and God must punish sin. But yet what we find is there in that garden, instead of God immediately sending Adam and Eve to hell, which He would have been just in doing so, He would have been just in doing that with me and you today, by the way. It is God's grace that was demonstrated there in the garden, and it was God Himself who shed innocent blood to cover the nakedness, to cover the sin of these two rebels who He had formed and fashioned and made and had sweet fellowship with. And as they leave the garden, what we find is that from generation to generation to generation, that what we see now is that everyone is born in sin. Everyone is born not just with the capability of sin, but we are born natural sinners. It does not take us too long to figure out that we are sinners, nor does it take us too long to find out how much we enjoy sin. Any parents in here, did you teach your children to lie? No, of course not. You taught them how to do what is good and what is right. However, what we find is it does not take long and our sinful nature begins to work and we begin to want sin because sin has overwhelmed our hearts, our minds, our bodies, this world. So where is our hope? Romans chapter 5 continues as we work backwards now and it gives us the hope. Our only hope as a matter of fact. There in the Old Testament, what we find all throughout, and even up today, there are countless people who have done everything they can try to do to appease a holy and a righteous God. They have worked their way. They have been trying to, to be good as good can be. However, we find that there is no good. No, not one. We find that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None make 
or reach the mark of perfection. Therefore, none can be with a perfect and a righteous God. So what can man do? Man can only look at the provision of which God has provided. By God's grace, there is a way. And it is not a way through a baptistry, through church membership. It is not through repeating a prayer or walking an aisle or, or any sort of outward thing that you and I can do. It is simply found in the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ and our putting our faith, our trust, our total dependence, our total eternal weight upon Him alone. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, we are not justified by works. Notice that we do not have peace with God through works. Notice that we are not justified by church membership or by being a good person. We are not able to have peace with God by being a church member or being a good person. As a matter of fact, we're told that none of those things will measure up or meet God's requirements. None of those will suffice. All those things are is what Adam and Eve had in the garden. They are nothing but, but our own fig leaves. They are nothing but hiding behind something that can never save us. What we find here is that he says, being justified to be declared righteous in the sight of Almighty God, to go from darkness to light, from death to life, to being from where we've gone from blind to now we may see, to where we were going to hell, we were on the broad way, to now we're on the narrow way by God's grace, headed to heaven, headed to be in the presence of God forevermore, to be with our Lord who has saved us. We are only justified by Faith. Notice, it is not faith in ourselves. It is not faith in our good works. It is not faith in a preacher. It is not faith in anything except for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, who are you putting your faith in to save your everlasting soul? Today, what are you putting your faith in and your trust in that you will one day see God and be with Him forever and forever? What are you putting your faith in that you will see our brother Caleb again? If you're putting your faith in that you were baptized or that you were a church member or that you were a good person, you, you can rest assured that those things won't measure up because Christ alone is the only one that can save. You must put your faith in Jesus. You must put your faith in another. We cannot save ourselves. It must be Christ. By whom also we have access, notice this one more time, by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The next few verses tell us, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. For all of us this week, this week has been a time of tribulation, has it not? It's been a dark day, and it seemed like it's a dark day that has had no end. However, to those of us who know Christ, we know this, the moment that our brother took his last breath, he began to breathe in the very presence of Almighty God to see his God who he served face to face. He has truly begun to live fully and more free than ever before. And you and I can have such confidence because our brother had that same confidence, not in himself, but in the gift of the grace of God because he had trusted in that gift by faith, saving faith. And we find that even in all these things, in all this tribulation, that it is working. This moment is not in vain. Our brother's homegoing is not in vain. Our brother's testimony still speaks today. He preached his own service today. I didn't have to do it. 
And what we find, though, is this moment we are gathered here today to make sure that everyone in this room or anyone else watching knows that Jesus Christ is their Savior beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they too would have the same confidence and assurance, that blessed assurance that Jesus is theirs, that they will go to be with the Lord. Verse 5 tells us, Hope maketh not ashamed. And our brother was not ashamed. Because the love of God... And boy, Caleb had the love of God, didn't he? Do you know the love of God? You might have a misconception about God today. You might hear Him as being holy and righteous and a just judge and think that He's mean or, or up with some sort of long beard and a grandfather clock and playing whack-a-mole and waiting to beat you over the head. I want you to know today that there is nobody in the world, nobody in the universe that loves you like God loves you. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that in this Scripture. I want you to know that there is nothing that you could ever do to earn God's love. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you more and nothing that you can do to make God love you less. He loves you because He loves His precious Son and His sent His Son to bleed and to die for your sins, to have your sins and my sins, the very curse of sin itself placed upon His Son so it would not be placed upon you. That's how much He loved His Son. That's how much He loved you. Imagine if He would do that to His Son. For us, you want to talk about love, the love of God, is so infinite, it is so grand. There is no one that can outsin the love of God. There is no one that out, can outrun the love of God. Today, you must know that God loves you, and He loves you so much that He does not wish for you to stay in the same state of which you were in. He desires to save you because He loves you, because He loved the sacrifice that pleased Him by His own Son's precious blood, that He would cleanse you, forgive you, to reconcile you unto Himself by the death, burial, and the resurrection of His Son, that you may know God as our brother did. He says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus did not die for the religious elite or for the perfect in heart. Matter of fact, He died for everybody like us today. The ungodly, the unrighteous, the unholy. He loved the unlovable, and He did so with an unfathomable, uh, infinite love that died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man someone even dare to die. We can break that down pretty simply. Today, would you die for a criminal on death row who deserved it? Probably not. Would you willingly take their place? Probably not. Most assuredly not. Would you die for a good man? Many of you may debate about it. Many of you might talk about it. We might debate about it. All those sorts of things. Nevertheless, here's what we find. Some would even dare for a good man, but here's what the Bible tells us in verse number 8. But God, but God commendeth, He demonstrates, He reveals, He shows, He pours out His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know, if you want to have assurance of heaven, you do not have to change 
your clothes. You don't have to even change your music or your lifestyle right now. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to repent of your sins. You must trust in Jesus Christ. He will change you, but He'll do so from the inside out. Religion will change you from the outside in. God does a greater work than that. He starts from the soul, from the very heart of man. He changes us and we become a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things, the old things have passed away. All things have become new. Today we see that God loves us. If you have questioned the love of God in your life, if you have questioned if you are worthy of the love of God, I want you to know this. None of us are worthy of the love of God. That's what makes the love of God so wonderful. That's what makes it truly so loving, that He would love even me, an ungodly wretch that I am, that He would love us and die for us and show His love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Today, that is the message. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the sinners. And He died for them not so that they would remain ungodly or remain in sin, but rather so that they would be forgiven of their sins because they cannot forgive themselves. They cannot make atonement for themselves. They cannot apply redemption for themselves. They must simply trust, and you and I must simply trust today in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And today, my friends, it is still finished. You must trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. By grace are ye saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God, salvation. A gift of His love. Much more than being now justified by His blood. Jesus, the God-man, shed His blood's His precious blood. The only blood that would suffice. The full and final and perfect, sufficient Lamb of Almighty God. He shed His blood so that I would be cleansed. Washed white as snow. To be justified in the sight of Almighty God where I can now be able to go by God's grace from being guilty, guilty, guilty to being free, free, free. In Christ Jesus. We shall be saved from wrath through Him, not of ourselves. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. You know who God died for? His enemies. He died for the ungodly, for the undeserving, and for those who would even dare to shake their fist at Him, whether in open sinful rebellion or in religious elitism. Christ died for them to make a way for them. What a Savior. He says that we are reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Why? Because Jesus not only died on the cross for our sins, but He was buried and He rose on the third day according to the Scripture to offer us the assurance of salvation full and free. And not only that, but today, dear believer, we find that because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. We find that because Christ the Lord is alive and well, and that now He lives and indwells every believer that has called upon Him to save Him, that He gives us the power to live, that He gives us the strength to live, and I can tell you the reason why our brother had a testimony that he had, it was not because of just something good inside of him. It was rather because the Lord Himself abided in his life. 
Caleb abided in the Lord, and the Lord abided in him, and therefore gave him the strength to be a walking billboard, a walking testimony for the goodness and kindness of God. That's what Christ can do for us. Not only save us, but to sanctify our lives, to empower our lives, to give us peace and assurance and strength when we have none left. Verse 11 tells us this today. Not only so, it's as if God is stopping here for a moment and going, wait, there's more. We also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. Today, do you know Christ? It is really truly the most simplest of things. It is by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to know God. Without faith, it is impossible to have your sins forgiven. You must put your faith in Jesus alone. The Bible tells us also in Romans these very simple and familiar verses that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is a promise. Today, God tells us and His promise and His Word is still true and remains today that those who come to Him, He will in no wise cast out. Today, would you come to the mercy of God and receive mercy? Today, would you come by faith and receive forgiveness and salvation? Today, if you have already trusted in Christ, would you come by faith once more and receive strength for a time like this? Would you receive by faith the power to live just another day? Would you by faith come and receive the peace and the strength and the comfort that you need just to get through the hour? Come by faith to Christ. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our brother was a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, and you must call upon the name of the Lord. And all those who do so by faith shall be saved. Today, if that's you, before we even close this service, before you walk out the door, take a moment and by faith cling and claim the promise of God that He will save you, not by good works, not by anything that you've done, but, but by putting your faith confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, I can guarantee you, not by anything that I've got, but by the very Word of God, if you trust in Christ today and call upon Him to save you, you shall be saved. Cry out to the Lord today. Truthfully, the Gospel, it is the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is good news to the sinner because it means that there is a way of salvation. But it's as well good news to the saint because it reminds us daily of our great need of our Savior and how much we need Him and the great truth that we are saved, sealed, secured, and one day shall see our Lord who died and rose again for us. Today, as I bring this time to a close, I want to give you a few verses out of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that means dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that's the Gospel, my friends. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. What's that mean? The Lord is coming. Today could be the day. Tomorrow could be the day. We are not guaranteed to even leave this service. We see that the Bible remains true, that we are not to boast ourselves of tomorrow, for we know not what a day may bring. And even this week we have seen the difficulty of the truth of that verse, have we not? We do not know what a day may bring, but we do know this. Christ is coming. Two things are coming, and they're coming rapidly for each one of us. Either our appointment with death or the Lord's return. And either way, you will meet God, and you will either meet Him in Him and being saved by Him, or you will meet Him as judge, jury, and executioner, and God is a just judge, and He will judge you rightly. He will judge you according to His Word. He will judge you according to whether or not you had called upon the Lord to save you or not. But the Bible continues, and here's where our great comfort is today, folks. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, I've got no comfort to give to you. I've got nothing that I can say that could open your heart or to change your heart, even to help your heart. If I could make all the pain in this room go away, I'd gladly do so, but only the word of the Lord, only the power of God can do such. He says, this we say by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain of the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That trump sounded today. Our brother's going up first. Praise God. Caleb, as we all know, flew. He knew what it meant to be in the air, didn't he? Matter of fact, you could probably even argue that that's where he was most comfortable. Being in that airplane... Flying up there. He will go higher than he has ever gone. He will fly more free than he has ever flown. More perfectly, more purely, more completely, and a whole lot faster in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And he'll be with the Lord. He'll come, meet us in the air. And here's what it says Those of us which are alive and remain shall be caught up, snatched up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Caleb's right now with the Lord. And one day when the rapture happens, when Christ calls His church, calls His people home, you and I, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with Him. We're going to meet Caleb in the air. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. And I'll finally get to fly with Caleb. Amen? <laughs> the importance is the Lord is there. and We'll get to be with Him. Not by any good thing that we have done, but we will see the One who bled and died for us and rose again. Loved us when we were unlovable. Died for us when we were ungodly and unrighteous. Showed His love by stretching out His arms, bleeding and taking the wrath of God being poured out upon Him so it would not be poured out upon you. The last verse of this passage tells us this. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Eternity to the Christian is a comfort. I'm going to see my friend again. I'm going to see my Savior. Do you have that same assurance today? Today, in just a moment, we're going to close in prayer. And as I pray, you know right now if you need to ask the Lord to save you or not. I want you to know nobody can save you except Jesus. 
Nobody can do this for you. You must simply come to the place of absolute humility and absolute repentance to not merely turn from your sin, but to turn to Christ by faith and put your trust in Him alone and He will save you. It's not about a particular set of words. It's not about anything else except for asking God to save your soul. Call upon the Lord today. For those of us who do know Christ, we can comfort one another today. And we can have comfort in the midst of such sorrow because our brother is with the Lord and so shall he ever be. And one day, you and I will be as well. One day, whether here, there, or in the air, we shall be with the Lord. And we shall be with our brother. Today, the only comfort that we have is looking at the truth of God's Word and what He has declared, what He has shown us. Today, simply put, we need to trust the same God that Caleb trusted. If you're lost today and do not know that heaven would be your home, call upon Christ and He will save you. And you can have the same assurance as our brother. Today, if you do know Christ, I want you to know, I know that right now your flesh, your heart is broken. It is sad. You will cry and there will be more tears. There will be still great sadness. Yet, if we look beyond this world and we see the world to come and we see in light of eternity, we see our Savior and we know where our brother is and we rest assured of where we too shall be one day in Christ. There is comfort. There is comfort. Today, as I close in prayer, if you need to be saved, ask the Lord to save you. I'll be around today. If you need to talk, come talk, I'll pray with you. Family, friends, if you need anything, go to the Lord. He is our strength. He is our help. And He will uphold us. I know that all of us are going to miss Caleb. But Caleb... In this moment, I'm sure, in the middle of all this silence and sadness, would make each one of us laugh by saying something. I've got nothing quite as funny as what Caleb could produce right now. But I know Caleb would tell you this, the Lord loves you. And there is hope in Christ. There is comfort in Jesus today. Let us pray. Almighty God, we love You and we thank You, Lord, that we could celebrate our friend today. God, our flesh, we are going to miss Him. Our hearts are going to miss Him. We're going to miss being around Him. But God, we thank You for the truth of Your Word and the promise of Your Word that one day we too shall see Him. God, I pray if there's one in this place today who does not know You as Lord and Savior, that they would simply right now, in their heart, call upon You to save them. Lord, that they would see that they must simply ask of mercy and they may receive it freely that whosoever shall call upon your name shall be saved lord may they trust in the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ alone may they call upon you lord may they seek help may they seek advice may they seek wisdom from your word or from someone else may they cry out to you god may you save someone today lord may you give assurance to a heart today God, for all others who have trusted You, Lord, I pray that You would bring them comfort. Remind us all, Lord, of the Gospel of which Caleb trusted in, of which we have trusted in, that would draw us back to Your presence, that would give us the blessed assurance that one day our faith shall be made sight. 
God, I pray for the peace, for the comfort, for the help of this dear family in the coming days, for these friends. God, that You would be their peace, that You would uphold them, that You would be their help, that You would be their, their strength. God, that You would be there and be present in their life. God, may we look to You and trust in You in all things. And Lord, even in these moments, may we praise Your name. May we praise You that we can come to You, that we can trust in You, and that God, You would love us, even us. Lord, we thank You for this time. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, Amen. This time, service is going to be concluded. Take time to fellowship today. Music's going to play. Doors will be open, but you don't have to run off. Comfort one another with these words today. And may we glorify the Lord and live a life as our dear brother lived. Amen.